It's the 7 o'clock hour, and you're listening to the Morning Blitz. Oh, are we on the air? Sort of, yeah. Rick Corey. That's right. Had... Keep trying to get out of it. Brees Hulse. <laughs> Bryce Hulse. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> Coming to you from the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio on the Blitz 1170. It's 7 o'clock on the Blitz 1170, and yeah, that first hour always flies by. we got a lot of football still to talk about here today, and in about a half hour, Andy Skirto, the owner of the Tulsa Oilers, who had a blowout weekend with 25,000 people over three nights, <clears throat> pardon me, including 16,000 downtown on Saturday night. I'll try to get this frog, which is living in my throat, out of there in a moment. So let's turn our staff right now to this guy right here in the other studio and let him do a little of this. Fire up Huey Lewis for a trip back in time. It's today in sports history with Bryce Hulse on the Blitz 1170. Brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. Now grabbing the back of a Jeep while on his skateboard, it's Bryce Hulse. This day in sports history, January 29th, 1936, the first players elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame, Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, Honus Wagner, Christy Mathewson, and Walter Johnson. 1950, in an Associated Press poll of sports writers and broadcasters, Jack's, Jack Dempsey is voted the greatest fighter of the past 50 years. Dempsey received 251 votes to 104 for Joe Lewis. 1960, the family feud continues in Chicago as a court rules in favor of Dorothy Rigney, sister of Charles Kamitsky Jr., allowing her to sell her mother's share of the White Sox to Bill Veek. Kamitsky had brought suit in order to gain control of the club. 1964, most lopsided high school basketball score, 211-29. to 29. That happened in Louisiana. 1966, U.S. F- Female Figure Skating Championship is won by Peggy Fleming. 1969, Washington Senators manager Do- Jim, Len- Jim Lemon is fired. He will be replaced by legendary hitter Ted Williams. 1974, the NFL Draft. Ed Tuttle Jones from Tennessee State is the first pick by the Dallas Cowboys. 1980, Norm Nixon plays a then-NBA record 64 minutes for the Los Angeles Lakers as they drop a 154-153-4 overtime decision to Cleveland. 1982, Old Dominion ends Louisiana Tech's women's basketball record 54-game winning streak. 1984, the 34th NBA All-Star Game in Denver. The East beat the West 154-145 in overtime. The East outlasts the West 144. In the All-Star Game in Denver, MVP Isaiah Thomas scores all 21 of his points after halftime and adds 15 assists as the East overcome a 14-point halftime deficit and Magic Johnson's record 22 assists. The first slam dunk contest winner is Larry Nance. 1988, the Detroit Pistons draw an NBA regular season record crowd of 61,983 fans to the Pontiac Silverdome, and the fans go home happy after watching the Pistons down the Boston Celtics 125-108. to 108. 1989, after nine years of use, the game-winning run batted in is dropped as an official statistic. New York Mets first baseman Keith Hernandez will remain the all-time leader with 129. 1994, Julio Cesar Chavez suffers his first loss in 91 fights when Franklin Randall knocks him down in the 11th round and wins the WBC Super Lightweight Championship on a split decision. 1995, Australian Opens Men's Tennis. Andre Agassi wins the first of his four Australian titles. He beats fellow American Pete Sampras 4-6, 6-1, 7-6, and 6-4. 2000, Utah's Carl Malone becomes the third player in NBA history to score 30,000 points when he makes a layup with 8.53 left in the third quarter of a 96-94 loss to Minnesota. 2002, the San Diego Chargers hire Marty Schottenheimer as their 13th head coach. 2007, Barbaro, American thoroughbred racehorse, passes away. 2012, Novak Djokovic 
outlasts Rafael Nadal to defend his Australian Open title in the longest ever Grand Slam finale and becomes the fifth man to win three straight majors in the Open era. Djokovic completes a five-hour, 53-minute-long match, or 5-7, five, 6-4, five 6-2, six, 6-7, six, six, and 7-5 victory over Nadal at 1.37 a.m. 2012 American snowboarder Sean White achieves the first-ever Superpipe perfect score, a 100, in Winter X Games history. 2014, Cristiano Ronaldo becomes the first non-Spanish player to captain Real Madrid, making his fifth 500th appearance for the club. 2007, Roger Federer wins his 18th major title by beating Rafael Nadal 6-4, 3-6, 6-1, 3-6, and 6-3 to capture the Australian Open. 2018, David Beckham launches a major league soccer team in Miami. 2020, the Astros announced that they have hired veteran manager Dusty Baker to replace A.J. Hinch, who was fired earlier the month, for his role in the 2017 sign-stealing scandal. And 2020, Chris Bryant loses his long-standing grievance against his team, the Cubs, in which he contended that when he first reached the majors in 2015, they had deliberately kept him in the minors longer than necessary in order to delay the onset of his arbitration clock and of his being eligible for free agency. He will thus become a free agent in the 2021 season. Birthdays today, January 29th, 1960, Greg Luganis, American diver. 1964, Andre Reid, Hall of Fame Bills wide receiver. 1968, Harold Green, former Bengals running back. 1973, Jason Schmidt, former Giants and Pirates pitcher. 1985, Mark Gasol, former Grizzlies center. 1987, Jose Abreu, White Sox first baseman. And 1997, Rodrigo Blankenship, Colts kicker. And that is This Day in Sports History, brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. 706 on the Blitz 1170. <clears throat> Pardon me, I'm Rick Corey. Yes, I'm still trying to get that out of my throat. Uh, coming up in about 24 minutes, Andy Skirto, the owner of the Oilers. We are in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio, as a matter of fact. And now it's time for a little bit of not sports right here on the Blitz 1170. An opportunity for you to... Say, you know what? All that stuff yesterday was fun, but hey, what else is happening in the world? Well, you might like this. Which state, Bryce Hulse, do you believe Mm. have the most suspected narcissists? Mm, California. That might be one you'd think of. However, they did not even land in the top ten. What? I know. Wow. As someone who goes there a lot... And I do. I don't find that out there. I know it's the perception because of Hollywood and that kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't find that out there. Uh, I just don't. As a matter of fact, the state (laughs) with the most is where I found the most in my travels. (laughs) It does make sense to me. I wouldn't have at first, although I think there's there's a term we could be convinced by. Okay, make one more guess and we'll get into it. Texas. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yep, <laughs> Texas is number one. As a matter of fact, their search score was over 90, 90%. Now, you could probably, that, that might equal the whole everything's bigger in Texas and we're better than you thing, which I guess mm-hmm. you could say, okay, that's narcissism. But, you know, that whole thing about, you know what, uh, Texans have that er, that edge. I mean, I, some of our best friends, Barb and Darren, moved down to Texas from Oklahoma. They're Oklahomans, moved down there. And uh, that's where their son was born, who's a big Longhorns fan, which is a killer for them because they're an OSU family. That's where Darren graduated. Mm. And, and, and you know, that whole thing grew on on them a little bit, too. Now, they're back here, and they, they like it here, and they love it here, and all that kind of stuff. But there is something about being in Texas. You oh, know, yeah. my daughter being down there now, you know, and I've been down there for quite a while, you know, she 
doesn't want to come back. <laughs> She's been adopted by that mindset. A little bit of that, yeah. So, I mean, there is that thing about, you know, those Texans being a little overly proud of their home state. Oh, yeah. So they're number one. Number two surprises me. I don't know how they got there. They say it's Iowa. Mm. I don't get that. New Hampshire, number three. Anything in the Northeast, I'll believe. Uh, Maine, yep. Indiana at five. South Carolina at six. Louisiana at seven. Okay. <laughs> that might be misplaced. And even more funny is Mississippi at eight. You might want to look around over there. <laughs> Florida at nine and Rhode Island at 10. The least narcissistic states, Hawaii. Wow. Yeah, they tend to be fairly open over there. Wyoming, D.C. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Those people, I guess if you're saying born and raised, because the people who, you know, govern in D.C., yeah, pretty yeah. narcissistic. <laughs> Then Nebraska, Oregon, Vermont, Colorado, Alaska, Utah, and Connecticut. Uh, the most narcissistic city, though, narcissistic city, though, was New York City. So, and then some of the others that fell in there kind of surprised me. All right. So, because we're from Oklahoma, everyone here, and I mean everyone here, can buy that Texas is the most narcissistic. Yeah. <laughs> but if you would like to let us know <clears throat> the state you've been into or they care the most about themselves, 918-262-5072. Alright, moving on, because there are other things. I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, yeah, it, it, it really is. Uh, you know, this one has... When I say Taylor Swift, everyone's going to think about Chiefs now. Mm. In this situation, something different. In the 2024 election, we have a presidential election coming up. And anytime you have a presidential election coming up, the oxygen is going to be sucked out of everything by that starting yeah. really quickly. It's already starting to happen because we've had some of the primaries. We've had it with New Hampshire and Iowa and that kind of thing. And here we go. Plus, you know, Trump's, Donald Trump still has several trials, blah, 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 things like that. But when it comes to how elections go and who kind of steers the public view, you know, everybody likes to point at media, blah, blah, blah. And all that is somewhat true because, you know, you cover stories and that kind of thing. But Taylor Swift could actually have the biggest effect on this election. There was a poll done, and there's polls done every day, and I know. It found that one-fifth, one-fifth of voters, likely voters, say they would back whoever she says. Now, that's wow. a stunning number. One-fifth. 20% of America <laughs> says whoever Taylor Swift says, that's who I'll back. That's, that's pretty incredible. That is a seriously impressive number if it's right. Now, you know, every study can be wrong because you can bend that study based on how you want it to come out by talking to a certain group. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that. I get that. So, but this comes from 1,500 people. So it's not a small, I mean, yes, as, as America goes, that's a small number. But when it comes to a, a, a poll or a study, that's not a bad number of people. Yeah. A 1,500 and one-fifth, say? <laughs> I mean, I find that a little frightening, A. Were, were they all 18-year-olds? Well, and <laughs> like, see, that's, that's the thing I don't know. Mm -hmm. How many, how many, I mean, is, you can, if you're, you know, you can, you can, you can, let's see, fund a study as a campaign, get the right people in the room, and then say the study said this. Of course mm -hmm. you can do that. So I don't know what their base was. I just know that if that is anywhere near true, then that's a little frightening that we have so, come so. to the point where we don't, we're not going to do the research ourselves. We're just going to go based on what somebody who can sing says. And nothing mm -hmm. against her. I don't have anything against her. And I, I mean, I'm fairly certain if I were just to, you know, 
give it a second of a thought. Right. I figure I'll know who she's going to support. But how many how many of those people are going? Well, because Taylor brought up these three good points that I agree with about the you know <laughs> besides I, just I don't think any of them will do that. Exactly. I think it'll be here's what she said. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like there was a whole lot of research done, and then we went. You know what? Here's why. Look, she supports who she wants. I don't care. Yeah. And it's pretty easy to figure out who she would support. Mm-hmm. But. <clears throat> That's not my point. My point is it's a really frightening for us that a fifth of Americans, if that's true, just went, nah, I'll just yeah. vote for her. Now, if you're listening at home or on your drive-in, you're probably going, well, that's stupid. That's not true. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. I don't know. i just reporting. I'm just telling you what I saw, and I thought, wow, that's that stopped me for a second when I saw it. I mean, it, I had to blink a little bit. Do you mean 20? One out of five of us? If there are five people standing today sitting around talking about something, ask them. <laughs> scary. Uh, there was actually, believe it or not, you know the movie Toy Story? The, you know the Disney Love Pixar? It. Yeah. The, there was actually a toy shop that was based on, and it's closing after 86 years. It's in San Francisco. Wow. It's closing because the shop cannot keep people from stealing. It has had... It had, they've had an enormous amount of theft and damage and vandalism, and the owners just can't keep the shop open. Dang it, California. So after 86 years, <clears throat> they had to close it. And that, that, yeah, that is that's quite, it's frightening to me. Um, the Navy is going to lower requirements, and you no longer have to have a high school diploma to join. There we go. This this hasn't been a good non-sports, Rick. It's been depressing. I did not say it was good. I just said it's what it was. <clears throat> All right. It's been informative, but it's just slowly, story by story, I think we're just going like, dang. You know, there was yeah. a time during the draft, all, you know, you supposedly had to be a certain age, but, you know, people weren't high school graduates. Some of them, they were just, you know, most of them were, most of them were. And they were supposed yeah. to be. There were people who even lied and got into World War II and so right. forth. Right. Uh, and that kind of thing. Right. But it's kind of always been a thing that, you know what, we may not have to have college graduates, but you at least wanted a basis. Now, most of what someone's going to do in an armed force, they're going to be trained to do. But you do have to, I think, probably have to understand whether or not someone has the capability to be trained on those things. Uh, I've had family members in the military, as most of you, I'm sure, have had, too. And they'll tell you, look, if somebody's not doing their job, everyone's life's in jeopardy. And I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. I'm just, I'm like, hmm, I'm to a point where I, I don't know this is a great idea. Right. Now, there's a time, too, when you look at it and go, all right, well, you're giving somebody a second chance. Maybe I'm not going to put a lot more thought into it. I'm just going to deliver the news to you that that I thought <laughs> was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, when I saw this headline, it interested me because it's me. It says introverts have taken over the economy. Oh. Well, <clears throat> I've told you before, if I'm not in front of a crowd or in front of a microphone, I'm a complete introvert. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, and so I looked at this one. All right. So how, what does that mean? Uh, so what it's saying is nowadays, those people that we, you know, my wife will say all the time when you'll watch a movie or a TV show or you'll drive by a restaurant at nine o'clock and it's completely full of people. The hell are they doing? <laughs> She'll say, well, they don't live our lives. Everybody has a different life. But what they're saying is, <clears throat> if you look at, at nowadays, there's so much more being done from the house. There's DoorDash. There's things like that. Or there's people are staying home more often. People are, are turning in a little earlier. 
You know, I had the, the thing that I thought was funny the other day that I saw a tweet that said, look, if it starts after eight and I have to pay to park, I'm not going, you know, kind of a thing when, you know, that was not the case before. Right. Yeah. I, I, you said because you're a young guy and my wife used to tell me when she was back in college, you didn't even go out until 10. Yeah. Right. But that was kind of college age or high school, mm-hmm. late high school age kind of stuff. But now apparently it's the early bird stuff. So, like, early bird specials at restaurants, things like that, are actually dominating their income rather than late. Hmm. So the people who want to get home, they want to stay home, they want to be home more often, they don't want to be out as late doing all those things, they are starting to run the economy, which I thought Change was in the right direction. I have a, 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 a <laughs> someone here, or a group here, found out <clears throat> by doing, once again, some numbers, kennels, things like that, sales, what are the most popular dog breeds in each state? Now, I'm a little behind, and I need to take a break, so here's what I'm going to do on this one. I'm just going to ask you to text me what you think the number one dog breed is in Oklahoma. 918-262-5072. We love our pets, in some cases, around the world more than we love our children. <laughs> we don't have pets. I've just got they kids. They are our children. Yeah, I've, no, I've just got I am Not me. I've just got kids, and they're enough. So we've got that, and that's that's what's happening at our house. I'm not going to pick one that's your favorite. But I will tell you that when I looked at Oklahoma's, apparently, according to this favorite dog, I went, oh, no, that cannot be right. <laughs> I absolutely mm. refuse to believe this. But I want your guesses. 918-262-5072. What do you think the most popular dog breed in Oklahoma is? This could be a long discussion. I'll give you the answer on the other side. It's 717. Andy Skirto, the Oilers, coming up in just a few minutes at 730 this morning right here on The Blitz. The Blitz is broadcasting in HD on your FM dial. Turn your HD-equipped radio to 106.9 KHTT HD2. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on The Blitz 1170 and streaming on The Blitz 1170 app. The San Francisco 49ers went on a 24-0 run at one point in the second half as they beat the Detroit Lions 34-31 to secure the NFC Championship. Brock Purdy threw for 267 yards and a touchdown, his top receiver being the returning Debo Samuel. Christian McCaffrey ran for 90 yards and two touchdowns. And in the AFC Championship, the Kansas City Chiefs have found their way back to the Super Bowl for the second year in a row and the fourth time in five years as they beat the Baltimore Ravens 17-10. Patrick Mahomes threw for 241 yards and a touchdown, his lone score going to Travis Kelsey, who had 116 yards receiving. And former Oklahoma State quarterback Zach Robinson continues to climb the coaching ranks in the NFL as he is set to be the next offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. He has been with the Los Angeles Rams since 2019 and has been their passing game coordinator for the past two seasons. That's the window world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. That's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. We like it when you uh, text us there at 918-262-5072. Some folks have done that. I'll get to that in a second. It is 722. Andy Escurdo, owner of the Oilers. Oiny? Own? Oiler? Oiler? I don't know what the hell I was going to say. Mm. Oh, uh, owner of the Oilers coming up here in just a few minutes after their great weekend. So I asked you uh, during Not Sports, I had this uh, list of the favorite breeds in each state, of dog in each state. And I, the Oklahoma, if it's right, yeah, shocked me, and I just can't believe it's right. So I asked you to let us know, 918-262-5072. So what did you think it was? Poodle. No. 
Okay. No, it's not the poodle. Uh, we had a, a texter, Adam, who said it's a pit bull. No, it's not a pit bull. Mm. Uh, it is Chihuahua. Oh. See? That's even worse. I, I, I was thinking poodle because it's like, yeah, that's really different. Like, what? It's a ch- Chihuahua? It's a, are you kidding me? This can't be right. Mm. This is Oklahoma. We like these big husky dogs that can live outside some if they like and chase things and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, not I, glorified rats. No, I just can't. <laughs> hey, look, if somebody is a huge Chihuahua fan, they'll come gnaw on your ankles for saying that. So be careful. I know. Much like the dog would do. I don't believe. I don't know. Oh, I have to go read everything about how they got there, but I just cannot believe this is the case. However, if you look around, they say that Carolina, um, let's see, Oregon, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas. Washington, they say all, it's the Chihuahua. Wow. And I just, I have such a hard time believing that. They're taking it, over the country. Yeah. It, oh, and you know, like in Alaska, it says German Shepherd. How is it not a Husky? Yeah. You know, in California, the French Bulldog. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, Golden Retriever in Colorado. See, that kind of fits. That's fun. Yeah, it does. It kind of fits. French Bulldog in Hawaii. The Golden Doodle in Idaho. I Golden okay. Retriever in a Poodle? Mm-hmm. Somebody know what that looks like. Somebody had to have a ladder. I, I just don't get that one in the least bit and don't know that I want to know anymore. Uh, Iowa is a Shisu, uh, Yorkshire Terrier in Maryland. But how in the world did we get the Chihuahua? Is there? No. I was expecting maybe like Australian cattle dog or something. You know, we, we have one of those. Please tell me that's wrong. Yeah. I mean, Please, for the love of God, tell me that's wrong. Mm. By the way, we had a text here as well from Gary Ann that said, uh, <laughs> we were talking about Taylor Swift. And one-fifth of the people <laughs> surveyed said, yeah, whatever she says, that's who we'll vote for in the election. Yeah. Not in the, not in the game, the election. No. Whew. Gary Ann says, another sign of the apocalypse is upon us, and that <laughs> might be right. It says, I am so sick of her. And you know, in a way, I feel sorry for her. It's not her fault. Right. She started going out with Travis Kelsey. They seem to be having a good time. She's not doing anything a regular girlfriend or wife wouldn't do. She's showing up at games. That's all yeah. she's doing. Yet the networks and we, if you will, all of us, are making people dislike her. Well, not making, but the coverage of that is making people who don't like the Chiefs, I suppose, mm-hmm. dislike her or they're just tired of it. Well, yeah. if you were completely tired of it, the network would stop. <laughs> Trust me. The, the instant that people don't view because of There's that, they won't outrage. show it. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. There's not any outrage of it, no. There are more Taylor Swift fans than there are not Taylor Swift fans. So I, I, I don't blame her in the least bit. She's just being a fan of her guy. Yeah. And, and it had, could have been anybody. It could have been J-Lo mm. or... Well, you know, we would have universally allayed Madonna. But anyway, I mean, it would have been someone like that. It had been fine. But, I mean, it's Taylor Swift. She's just doing her thing, and yet somehow she's been caught in all this, which is kind of too bad from that standpoint. And for those two, there's no way it works. They're too public. Oh, yeah? I mean, it's just, I can't imagine. Are, are you are you saying that it's going gonna, it's gonna to come to a close? Oh, point? yeah. Yeah? Oh, Absolutely. In my opinion, but you know, and I'm almost always wrong. I just wanted to bring that up, though. All right, coming up in a few minutes, we are going to talk to Andy Skirto, the owner of the Tulsa Oilers. And man, do they have a weekend. 25,000 plus, almost 26,000, or right at 26,000, actually, downtown to watch the Oilers in three games. We'll talk to the, oh, <laughs> I'm going to do it again, the <laughs> Oilers owner next, right here on the Blitz 1170.
The Blitz 1170 stream is brought to you by Duck Creek Casino, your hometown casino. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Tomorrow night, the Oklahoma State Cowboys will be at Allen Fieldhouse to take on the Kansas Jayhawks. The Cowboys are coming off of their first conference victory on Saturday as they beat the West Virginia Mountaineers 70-66. to True freshman big Brandon Garrison had 20 points, and transfer guard Javon Small had a double-double, 15 points and 12 rebounds. The Oklahoma Sooners are also making a trip to the Sunflower State as they'll be in Manhattan to take on Kansas State. The Sooners are coming off a hard-fought 85-84 to loss at home against Texas Tech. Otega Owe led all starters with 14 points, and Rivaldo Soares with 19 off the bench. And the, and the Tulsa Golden Hurricane will be in action Wednesday night as they host Wichita State at the Reynolds Center. Tulsa is coming off an 85-83 victory at Rice on Saturday night. The Golden Hurricane shot 55% from the field as they were led by Jared Garcia, who had 13 points, 8 boards, and 5 blocks. That's the win to roll to Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holst on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We do, as a matter of fact, at 733 here on the Blitz 1170. And actually, you can also text right now at 918-262-5072 and text Andy Skirto. He is our guest right now. He's the owner of the Tulsa Oilers. And really, one of the biggest stories this morning is what the Oilers did over the weekend. 26,000 people almost downtown over three games. Andy, congratulations. What a tremendous crowd and group. Yeah, it was uh, it was an amazing weekend with the winds and the crowd. The fans packed it in and... We had our largest uh, turnout of the season, um, and our uh, third in the third in the league history. So we've now set second and third this season. So it's pretty impressive. It is. It's really great. And obviously, you had some great promotions. You had the Space Swords on Friday. You had Scooby Doo Night Saturday, where you had the really big crowd of sixteen thousand. And as you mentioned, beat Idaho yesterday five two and go two for three over the weekend. The promotions are a part of this. How do you guys decide that? You guys all get in a room before the season and just kind of throw stuff at the wall. How do you do that? Yeah, it's a, it's a group effort. I mean, everybody comes up with ideas, throws them out, tries to figure out what we're going to do with it, how to tie the jerseys in, and then we work with some vendors that have ideas. We talk to other teams and what they've had success with, and uh, you just try things and, and see if they stick, right? So yeah, you don't always know they're going to work, but most of the time – you know, it's always a debate when you're going to hand out a thousand plastic swords to a bunch of kids if that's going to be a good idea or not. But it worked really well, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought that. But before you handed them out, to my thought, I thought, are these going to be like those foam swords or what is it? But hey, as long as it works out. And then you you hit the you obviously hit a gold mine with Scooby Doo, my friend. Oh yeah, yeah, Scooby Doo was great. People loved it, and uh, I told the team afterwards I owe them all a Scooby snack for the win, too. So it was a phenomenal <laughs> night. Yeah, we're talking to Andy Skirto before he hits an airplane to leave town to go do some other business, I'm assuming, coming up. We have to ask about the Ice Center. How are things coming along? Uh, really well. They're going great. Uh, we're now within weeks of opening. This week we should get our occupancy permit, and then we'll get everything planned and announced and We'll be open within a few weeks. You know, I, I know as a guy who's been who's done a lot of things business-wise and you've been in hockey now for a while, you've had some great successes. Is this one of the more exciting things in your career when it comes to a new start of something, Andy? Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. It's new for me. I've 
never done a construction project of this size. Um, it's going to be a while before I do another one, but uh, <laughs> it takes a lot of energy and a lot of work, but it's a phenomenal facility. Um, I think it's going to be, I know it's going to be a great place for people to come out and have fun, uh, enjoy ice, enjoy the arcade, and enjoy the restaurants and everything else we have going on out there. And uh, all the hockey players in the in the city are really excited about it because yeah. we'll have a really nice facility. So it's going to be phenomenal. It's really exciting to be opening something this big. Yeah, yeah. 736 here on the Blitz 1170. Oilers owner Andy Skirdo is with us. You can text him a question at 918-262-5072. Bryce has one in a minute. But before we get away from the ice center, now that you've been inside multiple times, and I know you take the tour as you look around, there had to be some things you were surprised with, good and bad. As you've been in there now, it's just getting closer. Is there an area or a thing in there that you're maybe a little more impressed with than maybe you thought you would be going in or you're going you're gonna to find yourself being a little happier with? Well, there's a lot going on with the um, just the sophistication of the building that I didn't recognize. So I learned I, I was trained on how to operate the lights, and we have some really cool things going on with being able to dim and lower and raise and do all kinds of mood lighting and stuff. And and then just the overall uh, pucks uh, sports bar mm-hmm. is much bigger than than I thought. And you you know you realize we're seating 350 people easily in there. Um, the lights looking down out of the windows it's just a really really great atmosphere um, my architects did a great job of making it a very first class building and the more i work in there the more i realize just how interesting and neat we have different things going on and the simulator rooms turned out really well and it's just all piecing together better than i had ever expected so it's really exciting and imagine only a few weeks away. If you just drive by over there, of course, it's the old Promenade Mall. I say old because the mall mostly is closed now. But I, I got to believe what Andy is doing is going to drive other business there. 737, Bryce Hall has a question. Yeah, Andy, going back to the you know theme nights, what are some of the next few uh, specific theme nights for games that fans can look forward to? Well, this uh, coming weekend, we're doing three out of three against Utah. We open with Red in the Rink, which is uh, a red rally towel. Uh, red jerseys and we're doing the uh sponsored by the heart association uh we follow that up with wow what else do we have going on this weekend we have that got the beanies uh, the beanies yeah we'll be giving out beanies one night those are always fun uh they're really nice Tulsa oiler beanies there's just i mean we have something every day coming up um that was kind of our mantra going into this season is let's do a theme night every night uh, giveaway just about every night, if not every night. So a lot of fun things are coming. We got some other ones coming up with some. Uh, apparently, we like giving out things people to hit each other because we have some <laughs> foam uh, foam sticks coming. We have thunder sticks coming. There's all kinds of fun stuff going. On. Yeah, especially right. Sunday. So Sunday's our Marvel night. So we've got some uh, Marvel characters will be out there, and uh, you know we do a lot on Sundays to entertain the kids, and kids have a lot of fun. Yeah, I've been looking at the Family Fun Day. You get to skate on the ice with the players, which is part of what we do right here. We help you with the Blitz. It's called Family Fun Day. <clears throat> but then you also have 500 mini hockey sticks you get to give out. Yep. And I, I, and then the, you know, the beanies, that's 1,000 beanies given out to people on a three-day set. And, you know, at the same time, the hockey's going pretty well, Andy. Hockey's going really well. We're sitting solidly in third in our division. We just beat number two, two out of three. Um Really, the team is the team is looking really good, and uh, coaches brought in some new guys that are stepping up, playing really, really well. So we're looking strong moving into the the home stretch. I I can see us taking a nice run this year, and it's nice to not get all of our strength out of affiliate players because 
you always have the risk that they'll get called up. So a lot of our, you know, our team is good. We have some affiliates. They're really good players, but we have a really good signed team too. So we're looking good to make a good run at the playoffs. You know, you talk about the hockey part of it. I know you're very familiar with hockey. We're talking to Andy Scardo, the Oilers owner. Do you ever find yourself, Andy, as an owner and a guy who does know the game, having to say, okay, it's there, it's he's the coach. I got to step back here, or, <laughs> or or do you actually even ever have that thought? No, I, I got to admit there are times that I question him, um, but I don't get involved. I let him do his thing, and then usually, uh, uh, not usually, always, he seems to prove me wrong. So <laughs> he's the coach, and there's a good reason for it. At the beginning of the season, we had a few players he signed, and I went, really? And then now there are some of our top players. So he's, you know, he's been playing hockey and coaching hockey for a lot of years. Who am I to question him? Uh, he knows what he's doing and manages to, to put together a really good team every year, and, and we're competitive on ice. So – do I, t- I talk to him once in a while? Sure, but not very often. <laughs> I let him do his thing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, you know, it's got to be hard, though. Rob Murray, by the way, who we're talking about, the head coach, director yeah. of hockey operations, those guys have that deep base of knowledge unquestionably. Well, Andy, you know, when you first came, and I know you got to hurry, so I'm going to let you go in a second. I know you have a plane to catch. When you first came here, you had a plan, and, you, you know, you get somewhere, things change, you morph. Maybe things get better, maybe worse, whatever. But now that you sit back and look at where it's going, I'm not sure if you ever expected to build a building like the Ice Center, but are you? is this way more than you expected? Is this about what you expected? Or do you have this thought in mind of, I'm just going to come in and see what happens and do my best? Well, I had, I had a vision, have a vision, to continue to build a, a hockey city around a hockey team, and that's working. Uh, we're building a, a swell of hockey players. We get more and more people playing. I realized I ran out of ice to do what I needed to do, so we built a facility to, to handle it, right? So um, the vision's still there. We're continuing to grow our youth programs, and that was a big pressure that I wanted as I came in is to have a lot more kids playing hockey and a lot more academy-level kids, and we've got the, the junior team coming, so we'll start having the, the older kids playing. So it's, the vision's still there, and we're still building towards it. we still got a ways to go. Um, I'm never done. I'm never done building, so... That's what's fun, and I have a great team and a great staff that likes that. They have that same spirit. So we're having a lot of fun seeing what we can do next. You know, you sounded a little bit like Walt Disney right there. You know, when he started Disneyland, <laughs> he said, "This it will never be finished. It will always be yeah. growing. It will always – it's a live, living thing, and it kind of sounds like – that's what you expect the operation to be here, which I think is great vision. Uh, before you go, I have a text here at 918-262-5072 from Cody. It's a really good question. It says, will there be an autism night and Jersey event this year? And we're seeing that a lot more around the country. Yeah, I think autism is uh, – I don't think we got that one scheduled. It will happen next season. So we, we just run out of night sometimes mm-hmm. to get all these things sponsored. So sometimes we have to skip a year on it. So I – I don't believe we're doing an autism night this year. Um, we did the Alzheimer's night, mm-hmm. which was huge. It always is. Um, but I don't think we ended up with a, a night to put the autism in. However, uh, to Cody, to your question, it looks like at least maybe next year that can happen, which, you know, I have a granddaughter oh, yeah. with autism, and I understand what how vital that can be to allow them, because the family otherwise can't get out in some of those situations because the kids, they just have a hard time. And, and being able to do that, it's a really cool thing. So even if you do it next year, I think that'd be fantastic. Andy, thank you for your time. I'm going to let you get on your airplane. We'll talk to you again next month. And congratulations on this, the enormity of this success. 
Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and I'd love to be on the show. So call me anytime. I'm glad we can make this work. You betcha. That is Andy Skirto, the owner of the Tulsa Oilers at 743 here on the Blitz 1170, about to hit an airplane for, gosh, and who knows what his next uh, conquering of the world, I suppose. But that's the way it's gone for Andy. And, and Cody, thank you for the question because it is a good one. And, again, I you know having a granddaughter with autism, I know that when my son and his wife, Jill, when Kelly and Jill take their kids out because one – one has autism, one has Down syndrome. When you take them out, the older one, Hayden, with autism, she has to wear the headphones. The noise overall can really bother her, and she'll kind of do her own thing now. But you know, they have a very difficult time going to those things. But they went to a couple of those events up because they live by, by Pittsburgh. A couple of events up there, and were really surprised and pleased at how well that went. Mm. You know, just I mean, yeah, there's still noise, but it's a different level, and they allow they allow the kids and and encourage the headphones and some of the things that can kind of help. <clears throat> and they do make for really cool nights. So, I mean, it's a really good question, Cody. Thank you. Uh, and the Oilers, as, as you heard Andy say, even if they hadn't thought of it, trust me, that just went on the calendar. So yeah. that'll happen, and I think that was really cool. By the way, I was looking, because I was talking to Andy, is looking here at, at some, uh, looking again at the renderings. Man, that... This place is going to be cool. This Oilers mm-hmm. Ice Center, the Wee Street Ice Center, is just going to be fantastic. And East Rink, East Rink, West Rink, if you will. But what I'm honestly, because it's me and it's a sports thing, is I, I look at this and then, <clears throat> pardon me, the Pucks Grill just looks fantastic. Yeah, that's the thing is I think that it's very well deserved with how well this community oh, yeah. has absorbed yeah. hockey, right? I mean, it's pretty have awesome. you seen the pictures though of what the of what the actual I've grill? Seen, I've seen a little bit. The way this thing is zipper is the way it's situated is you've got two different rinks. It says east and west, and this thing is raised above it, and it's between them. So you sit in this big old you know pucks hockey bar you know sports bar thing, and you have windows going down both sides of it, looking at the two sections and sheets of ice. So mm-hmm. you can actually sit at the window like you could at say a luxury box in a football game, and look out. So it's really literally. A 350-person open luxury box Yeah, <laughs> where, yeah, you're going to go in and you're going to buy your stuff, blah, blah, blah. But then you have a chance to sit there and watch either the, the games or the practices or whatever you want or just people skating, whatever it is. And this thing's big. Mm. I mean, as he said, 350, that's big. It just looks really cool. And I got I to gotta keep reminding him, we're broadcasting out there when you open. We're broadcasting out there when you're open. I, I want to be in that place when they open the thing up. And I know I doubt that they serve a lot of breakfast or anything, but I don't care. I just want to be there to get it done. All right. Uh, it's 746 here on the Blitz 1170. He's Bryce Hall. I'm Rick Carr. All right. So we're going to get into some key moments in football over the weekend when we come back. And also, <laughs> no, we're not quite done with the Taylor Swift thing. For those who can't stand it, and I'm sorry, but it just happens to be what everybody's picked up on, and here we go. They even have flights that are themed around them for the Super Bowl, mm. kind of. I'll explain that. We're going to get into some of Dan Campbell's decisions. I'd love to have your input. Did Campbell blow it? I mean, obviously, you lose by three, and now you say you blew it. Campbell blow it by not taking the field goal from the 30 in, on the fourth down instead of going for it. And, I, yeah, I look, I appreciate his, you know, aggressiveness, but did he blow it? 918-262-5072. That is our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line here in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio on the Blitz. Don't look now, but the Blitz is on TikTok. Follow along at the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. 
Former Oklahoma State quarterback Zach Robinson continues to climb the coaching ranks in the NFL as he is set to be the next offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. He has been with the Los Angeles Rams since 2019 and has been their passing game coordinator for the past two seasons. The San Francisco 49ers went on a 24-0 run at one point in the second half as they beat the Detroit Lions 34-31 yesterday to secure the NFC Championship. Brock Purdy threw for 267 yards and a touchdown, his top receiver being the returning Debo Samuel. Christian McCaffrey ran for 90 yards and two touchdowns. And the Kansas City Chiefs have found their way back to the Super Bowl for the second time in a row and the fourth time in five years as they beat the Baltimore Ravens 17-10. Patrick Mahomes threw for 241 yards, a touchdown, his lone score going to Travis Kelsey, who had 116 yards receiving. That's the winner world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holst, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.